Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together to start this day, this week, in prayer. Today is Monday, and this is now the season after Pentecost, and today we continue our reading uh, through the book of 2 Corinthians. Please feel free to share any questions or insights that may come to you this week. Drop me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen and Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship in praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 7. So my beloved people, with promises like these, let's make ourselves clean from everything that defiles us outside and inside and let's become completely holy in the fear of God. Make room for us. We haven't wronged anybody. We haven't ruined anybody. We haven't taken advantage of anybody. I'm not saying this to pass judgment against you. I've already said that you are in our hearts to die together, to live together. I speak to you freely and openly. I regularly boast about you. I am full of comfort and fuller still of joy over and above all our trouble. You see, even when we arrived in Macedonia, we couldn't relax or rest. We were troubled in every way. There were battles outside and fears inside. But the God who comforts the downcast comforted us at the arrival of Titus. And not only by his arrival, but in the comfort he had received from you. And he told us about your longing for us, your lamenting, and your enthusiasm for me personally. As a result, I am more inclined to celebrate. Because if I did make you sad by my letter, I don't regret it. And if I did regret it, it was because I saw that I made you sad for a while by what I had written. Anyway, I'm celebrating now, not because you were saddened, but because your sadness brought you to repentance. It was a sadness from God, you see, and it did no harm at all on your account. Because God's way of sadness is designed to produce repentance, which leads to salvation, and there's nothing to regret there but the world's way of sadness produces death. 
Just look and see what effect God's way of sadness has had among you. It produced eagerness, explanations, indignation, fear, longing, keenness, and punishment. You have shown yourself faultless in this whole business. So if I am writing to you, it's not because of the person who's done the wrong, nor because of the people who were wrong, but so that you can recognize for yourself in God's presence just how eager you really have been for us. We have been comforted by all of this. The real celebration, though, on top of all our comfort, came because Titus was so overjoyed. You really did cheer him up and set his heart and mind at rest. I wasn't ashamed of the various boasts that I had made to you, to him about you. Just as I had always spoken the truth to you, so our boast to Titus turned out to be true as well. He is constantly yearning for you deeply as he remembers the obedience you showed all of you and how you welcomed him with fear and trembling. I am celebrating the fact that I have confidence in you in everything. The word of the Lord. Paul is thrilled by the news that even though there has been conflict and difficulties in this relationship between uh, himself and the Corinthian church, the church leaders have heeded Paul's admonitions and in the process also have been caused uh, pain and grief and suffering at the thoughts of, of hurting Paul. Though the process has caused a great deal of grief and pain, the pain and grief has led to repentance and now That repentance is making way for forgiveness and a hoped-for reconciliation and joyous reunion, though they were always one in Christ. And once the joy of a renewed relationship is dawned, then the old pain is forgotten and the deeds that were done are also forgotten. What is there now is a new relationship. When Paul uses the word grief here, he speaks of a godly grief. He is not talking exactly about the grief that we associate with the grieving process after a loved one has died. The grief here is more like the grief and sadness and pain and regret that we feel when a relationship is severed for whatever reason, but maybe especially after a very nasty argument. This would be more like the grief experienced by a couple that might be in the process of going through a divorce or best friends who have drifted apart and who now barely can stand to speak to each other. We are familiar with that kind of grief, Our lives are soaked through with it. In the case of the grief that Paul experiences on one side and the Corinthian church leaders experience on the other side, the pain has led to repentance, and that repentance to forgiveness and all sorts of other virtues in eagerness to please and to show each other how much they love and are loyal, not only to themselves, but to Christ. And so Paul can call it all a godly grief, a grief through which the Holy Spirit works to actually reconcile us to one another and to lead us to forgive the sins of those who have sinned against us, just as Jesus has forgiven us, and just as we prayed each morning in our Lord's Prayer. We often try to resist or run from that kind of pain, or we grow defensive and turn it all into a game of who is right and who is wrong. In those cases, the pain and grief can drive us even further apart, maybe into even anger or hatred. This is a grief that leads to death. But when in humility we confess where we have done wrong ourselves and seek to reconcile to the one that we offended or who has offended us by seeking or receiving forgiveness, then what we see is a godly grief, a godly sadness that leads us to regret and repentance over what we have done to cause others pain 
And then it leads us to look for ways to bring healing. It leads us to repentance, to a change of heart and a change of mind. What regrets do you have? Is there someone whose friendship and love you are grieving because of an argument that drove you apart? What do you think you would need to do to bring joy to their lives and to lift their spirits? Is there some good news that you could send them? A card, a letter, a note, a text, a funny picture, whatever. Something that you could do that would take away their pain by telling them that your heart is wide open to them. Or maybe you can just start right now, this morning, by praying for them and for you, that God softens hearts and opens doors for reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath that you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially, Lord, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for your rain that waters the earth, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness for the gift of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who have been torn apart by arguments, no matter what those arguments are, that you would work about to bring forgiveness and reconciliation, that you would soften and open hearts to receive each other in love. We pray for those who govern the nations of the world. We pray for the people in countries who are ravaged by strife or warfare, that you would bring relief and mercy and healing to them and stop the conflict. For all who work for peace and international harmony, that their work might bear fruit, that fruit that will last. And for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else or for what else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity, 
in all we do. Direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.